0: All right, everyone, welcome to podcast number four. Um, for those of you that do not follow the Instagram, um, I had to rebrand just because uh, my buddy Ritter and I are also doing a podcast, and that one's the Flaming Hot Podcast, so mine's going to be Barnick's Blazing Hot Podcast, um, for those of you that were a little confused. But let's kick it off by talking about the final game in week 14, which was the Pats beating the Cardinals 27-13. to Um, Kyler Murray was lost for the season after he tore his ACL. Um, the Pats defense just shined in this one, especially with Colt McCoy playing. Um, we really know what he is as a quarterback and he's nothing special. So I think, um, from here on out, the Cardinals are going to be lucky to win games with an aging offense and Colt McCoy under center. I would love to see Trace McSorley get an opportunity. Um, I'm a big Trace McSorley fan. I think he's, Um, just a winner and would do well if he got a shot, but we'll see what the Cardinals decide to do. All right, so next up, kicking off Thursday Night Football, which is actually tonight, is the 49ers at the Seahawks. I'm going to take the 49ers by 7. I think it's going to be close. This is Brock Purdy's um, second game starting, but his third game overall. But he's playing at Seattle. It's going to be very, very loud because both teams are you know in the playoff race, uh, the 49ers more than the Seahawks. Um, Kenneth Walker is back, but I think that it ultimately is going to come down to if Brock Purdy makes a bunch of mistakes, which will shift the game. Um, And I think that could be a big factor because Debo Samuel being out, so they are going to have to look to George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk a little bit more rather than just spreading that ball out. So, like I said, I'll take the 49ers by 7. I think it'll be very, very close, but um, I think the Seahawks are going to have trouble moving the ball against the 49ers. All right, so next up is the Saturday slate of games. Um, The first game is the Colts at the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings by 13. Um, It seems like for some reason the Colts uh, have been playing tough teams pretty well, and I think it really just depends on how Matt Ryan plays. If it's a close game and the Vikings only win by you know 7 or 10 or 13 points, but if he starts turning the ball over and Jonathan Taylor can't get running because he's the focal point of their offense, um, I think we could see another shell-shocking, kind of like uh, when Dallas played the Colts and they won by, what, 30-some points. Uh, The next game is the Ravens at the Browns. This is a tough game to pick. But I'm going to take the Ravens by three. Um, This could really go either way. And I think the winner will be decided by the run game. Um, I I want to say I trust Deshaun Watson to go in and beat a bad Ravens team with, you know, a lot of people missing. But I don't. I think that the Ravens will lean on um, Mark Andrews and J.K. Dobbins throughout the whole game. And it'll be a close one. This could be a weird score, like a, you know, like a nine to six type of game. So for the final game of the Saturday slate, we have the Dolphins at the Bills. Um, The Dolphins have been trending down recently. Tyreek Hill is coming back down to earth. Tua isn't playing well. Um, I think the formula for getting to Tua is out, and the Bills are going to go after him pretty hard with that pass rush. Um, This is also supposed to be a really bad weather game, so um, I don't know that I trust the Dolphins if they need to run the ball. Um, just because I know two is probably not going to run the ball on account of getting hit and they want to protect him as well as that running game really hasn't been doing much. So I would much rather take the bills who play in this type of weather and have a team that's built for it. Um, This is the game that the bills are going to separate from the rest of the AFC East, and they're going to keep the stranglehold on the AFC so that the chiefs cannot overtake them and get home field advantage. All right. So then our Sunday slate of games, We have the Eagles at the Bears. Um, I'm going to take Philly by 24. Um, The only thing that worries me about this game is Justin Fields running, but I think the Eagles and Kaiser White at linebacker are going to be able to contain him. Um, They don't have much offense. I could see Cole Komet having a decent day just because um, Justin Fields isn't going to have much time to throw in the pocket, and that'll kind of be his safety blanket. So if you're looking for someone to start in the first round of the fantasy playoffs and you don't have a tight end, which a lot of us don't because they've been playing really bad this year, uh, maybe look at Cole Komet. Um, I think this is the game where Hertz cements his MVP and he separates from the rest of the race. I like how, you know, a bunch of players like Milata and Hertz um, were asked about Dallas and what they've been saying, and they basically just shot it down saying, listen, This is the Bears that we're looking at this week. Um, And I think that an upset isn't going to be likely because they're focused in. And when they're ready for Dallas, they'll be ready. And let me tell you what, I am ready to start talking about that. But unfortunately, it's still a week away. Next up, we have the Chiefs at the Texans. I'm going to take the Chiefs by 28. Um, The Texans are horrible. I was very, very irritated that their head coach came out and threw Davis Mills under the bus and basically said, like, oh, the reason we're not winning is because of him. Listen, the reason you're not winning is because you're a terrible franchise. Um, You don't have any players. Your best wide receiver quit on you because you screwed him over at the trade deadline. Um, Maybe get a team built there and then see what Davis Mills has. So I'm going to tell you what the Texans are going to do. They're going to go out. They're going to draft C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, and they're going to come to the Houston Texans and they are going to struggle for their first couple of years, maybe even get benched, because there's no good players down there and a supporting cast that they can do anything with. So I my disdain for the Texans because of, you know, what they do, like they come out and they're, you know, they're irritated at Lovey Smith. Well, What would you like the head coach to do? He has no players. You know, this is a bad franchise. Maybe start building rather than blaming it on your quarterback. Ran over. Next up, we have the Cowboys at the Jags. Um, Like I said, Dallas has been saying a lot of stuff about Philly. They're ready for that matchup. So I think that they're not going to take care of business as they should. They're still going to win, but it's not going to be a big win like they they should have. Um, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys by 10, but it'll be close throughout the game. Um, Like I said, this is a game that Dallas needs to win. So I I just think their team and their defense is too good to lose. Um, the only factor in this game that could, you know, change if they win or not is if Dak throws interceptions or they turn the ball over, you know, fumbling or however they they may do that. So, um, you know, Dallas, like I said, they'll end up winning, but they need to look to this game because if they lose this game, when they go into Philly, it's a very, very low possibility that they actually pull off the NFC East crown and much less the number one um seed in the NFC so hopefully Mike McCarthy is getting his team ready all right so next up we have the Falcons versus the Saints I'm going to take the Falcons by eight um I don't trust the Saints none of their guys except for Chris Olave, have really been showing up this year um I think Desmond Ritter who's going to be starting for the Falcons he's you know new I think he's gonna you know have that kind of you know rookie hype up for like the first game or two and I think they'll end up beating the Falcons um it's just a tough game to pick because the Falcons lose games that they shouldn't so uh yeah so next game uh Lions at the Jets I'm gonna take the Lions by 10 uh I think this is the start of the Lions run to make the playoffs this is a very very tough tough game because uh the Jets defense is incredible their offense you know plays half decent but the lions are playing well on both sides of the ball i love their head coach i love what they're doing i think the factor in this game is going to be what jamal williams and deandre swift can do um i think deandre swift catching a bunch of passes in the backfield and running is going to be their best option expect a low scoring game probably like a 16-13 game um as for the jets i think the biggest thing for them is um trying to push for the playoffs, but if they don't, figure out who your quarterback of the future is because that's what you're missing. And not a lot of teams can say, hey, like we're just a quarterback away from winning because there's a lot of holes on other teams with the Jets. um, It's pretty much just the quarterback at this point. Uh, Next up, we have the Steelers at the Panthers. Uh, I'm going to take the Panthers. I think if Carolina can get their run game going, um, it'll be very, very... Um, it'll still be very close, but, um, I'll take the Panthers by three. It'll come down to the end of the game. If the Panthers win this, uh, most likely they'll be tied for first place in the NFC South and it could be a three-way tie depending on what happens. So, uh, I'll take the Panthers. Next up, we have the Cardinals at the Broncos. Um, I'm just going to take the Cardinals because I think they have more playmakers. Broncos have a good defense, so it should be, um, pretty low scoring I'll say like a you know like a 10 to 9 type of game Um, I think McSorley should get the opportunity to start see what he has but um, with the Cardinals and the Broncos they're both teams that um, don't know what they have yet because Russell Wilson's played so bad this year which obviously he's not playing in this game and the Cardinals are getting very old on their team so um, I think that these teams are, are trending downward just as far as the future goes. Next up, we have the Patriots at the Raiders. Um, I, I want to pick the Raiders, but I'm going to take the Patriots. I think that if the Patriots' defense can play the way it's been playing and shut down Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, they'll be perfectly fine, or at least hold them to decent numbers because the games that – you know the Raiders have won. They're just—they've just been at lopsided numbers. Josh Jacobs runs for you know 200 yards, and Devontae Adams catches almost 200 yards. It's like just crazy. But um, I think the Pats are trying to make a push for the playoffs. I think they're going to win this one with their defense, and hopefully, um, in the back of their minds, they're thinking that they can get at least one upset to get close to a playoff spot. Next up, we have the Bengals at the Buccaneers. Um, I'm going to take the Bengals. I believe T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are out. I still don't think that's going to make a difference. Um, the Buccaneers' offense just hasn't been able to do much, and I think this will be a closer game than people think, but um, this is one of those games where if the Buccaneers win, um, it's one of those where it's like, okay, like I kind of saw it because I didn't think that they were a 6-7 team, but um, I'll take the Bengals by 7 I think this one will be somewhat close just because of the receivers that are out for the Bengals, but um, I just don't trust that Buccaneers offense. Next up, we have the Titans at the Chargers. Uh, The Titans have been destroyed in their last two games um, against the Eagles and the Jags. I think that at this point in the season, they need to go out and they need to find any free agent help that they can possibly get that could be a boost to their team just because they're going to have a shot at the playoffs. So, I mean, what more do you have to lose at this point? Um, So I'm going to take the Chargers by 7. I think this is the healthiest they've been all season. They have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Eckler's still there, not hurt. So I think that those guys are going to go off against a very, very bad secondary of the Titans. Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to change that. I think I'm going to take the Chargers by 14. I think that um, this is going to be another schlacking for the Titans, and after that, and and here's the thing, I don't think that's on Mike Vrabel, I think that's on the front office, I mean, you get rid of A.J. Brown, and you don't get a solid, proven receiver back, Um, you took a gamble on Robert Woods and Traylon Burks, who was doing half decent, but he's not A.J. Brown, so, like I said, look who's on the free agent market, see what you can do, Um, because when you get into the playoffs, there's no shot that, after maybe just one upset, you're not beating anybody else. You're not going to beat the Bills, you're not going to beat the Bengals, you're not going to beat the Chiefs. You're just not a good team. So, um, veterans that could come in and produce, why not? Next up, uh Giants at the Commanders. This is a huge game for both teams. Giants are 1-4 and 1 in their last 6 games. They have not played well at all. Um I think that the key to this game, and I'm going to take the Commanders by 10, I think that the Commanders just need to stop Saquon, um, let Daniel Jones throw. You've seen that he's not able to do much. Um, Darius Slayton is really their only weapon other than Saquon to watch out for. So I think the Commanders and their offense, they're going to run wild. Um, as far as Robinson and and McLaurin and uh, there will be a end of the game comeback by the Giants, where you know it's garbage time touchdowns. But I'll take the Commanders by ten. I think that they're going to get the last playoff spot. All right. So finally, we end up with a game that doesn't matter at all. We have the Rams at the Packers. I'm going to take the Packers in this one. Christian Watson's playing well. Aaron Jones is back. AJ Dillon's there. Um, they have a lot more offensive playmakers. I think the Packers, um you know, with this young core that they're building up on in the wide receiver department. um, Next year, they will probably have a resurgence. But as of right now, uh, I don't see much, but they will beat the Rams. Um, The Rams are just a team that they got lucky against the choke artist Raiders. So uh, Packers by seven, it'll be a close game till the end. All right, so I want to go over the rushing and receiving yards leaders so far this season. So, um, all of the guys for rushing that are in the top five have over a thousand yards. Josh Jacobs has 1,402. Uh, Derrick Henry has 1,199. Nick, yeah, Nick Chubb has 1,153. Saquon Barkley has 1,083. And then, uh, Miles Sanders has 1,068. Um, it's just a couple takeaways from that. We're not going to have any, um, records broken as far as rushing this season. Um, I I still remember when Adrian Peterson was on his um, crazy year where he almost beat the record. And I believe there was like a minute left or two minutes left when I was watching the game. And he was eight yards away from breaking the record. And for some reason they were throwing the ball or something and it didn't matter at the end of the game. And I was just like, dude, I wanted to see Adrian Peterson break this record Um, and the only thing that I, the only person I remember getting close to that was Derrick Henry a couple years ago, but, um, he wasn't as close as Peterson, but, um, at the end of the year, I think Jacobs and Henry will be one and two. Um, I think that Barkley will drop to five, maybe even out of the top five and Chubb and Sanders could be interplaceable at three and four, depending on what happens, um, all have similar touchdowns, and I think that'll pretty much stay the same. Uh, next up, we have receiving. Um, Justin Jefferson has 1,500 yards, Tyreek Hill has 1,460, Devontae Adams has 1,247, uh, Stephon Diggs has 1,239, and Travis Kelsey has 1,039. Uh, very, very crazy that we have a tight end here, and he is tied with Devontae Adams for the most receiving touchdowns so far this year. Um, I just don't know how you have the rushing leader and then a receiver who's top three will actually number three in receiving, and you're not going for the playoffs. Uh, that's just kind of crazy to me, but I think realistically with four games left this season, depending on how the Vikings do, um, we could see Jefferson beat Calvin Johnson's, um, record of 1,964 receiving yards. So definitely want to hear what you guys think about that one um I think it's very attainable especially with the extra game but Justin Jefferson's been having a crazy year so um and what do you guys think about if he would actually beat it is that something that um it's cheap because he has an extra game or it's like okay like you know now that everyone has an extra game it's fine um I don't really know how you kind of go from you know six or uh 17 weeks to 18 weeks and um, 16 games to 17 games and then you're like oh well if these records get broken well what do we do then because Calvin Johnson should technically be the leader and maybe they just kind of take away his last game and say this is how close you were to the record Um, definitely want to hear some thoughts on that so I've had nobody go in the comments yet about any of what I've been talking about so I would really really appreciate it All right, everyone, so I'm going to go on a little rant here because SportsCenter just posted a picture of Jalen Hurts, and Chris Sims was like, his his quote exactly, there's just no way he's more valuable to his team than Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. If you put Gardner Minshew in that Eagles offense, they'd still be really damn good. I'm I am so sick and tired of the Jalen Hurts slander. I really am. You you put Jalen Hurts on the Bills. He's gonna do the same thing on offense. You put Jalen Hurts on Cincinnati with that with those receivers, um, he would probably do a lot better. And then you put him on the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs are a little bit harder of a team, but that is not the point. The point is, last year, he was he was throwing the ball. He was late on his throws. He wasn't making good decisions. This year, it's completely different. There is a reason that the Eagles only have one loss, and these other teams have, what, three, four, five losses? So I'm going to talk about Mahomes and Burroughs. Uh, I don't think Allen's in... The MVP conversation right now, but Mahomes and Burrow. Kansas City this year, they played the Chargers twice. They played the Bills, the Niners, the Titans, and the Bengals. Okay. Cincinnati, they faced the Cowboys, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Ravens twice, the Titans, and Kansas City. Philly has faced the Lions, the Vikings. The Cowboys, the Titans, the Giants twice, and Washington twice. And I forgot to say the Cowboys twice. And I'm, I'm including Giants and Washington because they're in the playoff hunt as well as the Lions. So yes, Philly may have a tiny bit weaker of a schedule, but that doesn't matter. You still have to go out there week in and week out, and you have to execute. I mean, look at some of these guys last week. And I understand Denver has a good defense, but Denver is a very, very bad team. Like They can't score, and Patrick Mahomes throws three interceptions. That's as many as Jalen Hurts has on the whole season. So you think if you're 13 games into the season, Jalen Hurts would have made more than three mistakes, and one of those was not on him. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on the if you put Gardner Minshew in the Eagles' offense, they'd still be really damn good. If you put Gardner Minshew in that offense, he does not have the arm that Jalen Hurts has. He can he's accurate, but he underthrows receivers really really bad. And and Jalen's not great at um, not underthrowing receivers, but Minshew's a little bit worse than what he is. Minshew also doesn't have that escape the pocket and be able to run. So I think if you're looking at it apples to apples, if I'm not saying that if you put Gardner Minshew in there, the Eagles would only have two, three wins. I think the Eagles would be right at the point where the Giants and Washington are. They would, they would have lost some of those games that were close. Um, I think they would have lost the Cowboys game. Um, they probably would have, um, probably would have lost against the Lions game in the Lions game where they, I think they only won by three or four points. So my whole issue is why does everyone feel the need to slander Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? I mean, what sense does it make? You have Joe Burrow, who literally has three receivers that could be starters on pretty much any other team that doesn't have a bona fide number one receiver, and you have two phenomenal receivers in Buffalo. You have Juju in Kansas City with Travis Kelsey, who might end up being the greatest tight end of all time. And you're telling me that a guy last year that snuck into the playoffs and looked bad against the Buccaneers comes back this year. And tell me, what's different on offense for him? What? No, seriously, Every I want everyone to tell me, what is different on offense for him? Okay, so you went out and got A.J. Brown. You still have to throw the ball and execute. What didn't he do last season, and what were his issues? Not being on time. Throwing the ball to a, a receiver that he would take too long to read down the field and say, hey, I need to throw it, and when he did, it would get picked off. He would not know when to run. He couldn't feel the pocket. So, like I said, what, what has changed other than getting A.J. Brown? Oh, they got Zach Pascal. What the hell has he done this season? So for those for those people out there that are saying, oh, Jalen Hurts, you know, there's just no way he's more valuable to his team than Mahomes, Burrow, or even Allen, there is absolutely no way. You can't just put in about the schedule either. It's like the Eagles didn't pick their schedule, but they still got to go out there and win. Look what happened in Washington. Jalen Hurts did not have a bad game. He had a half-decent game, but what happened? They ended up losing because you have to go out and you have to play each game. Think about some of these teams like um, the Ravens who go out there and in the very last possession of the game, they lose. I mean, you have to play the game, and that is the whole thing. So for Jalen Hurts to only have three interceptions and have as many passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns as he does and facilitates that offense there is no way that anybody else is close in this mvp race and these are the same idiots that are coming on here saying well the eagles have the fourth pick which is what they're projected to have they're going to take robinson from texas the running back so you're telling me the eagles have been facilitating facilitating all of these trades just to get a running back. No slander on Saquon Barkley. Penn State product, love the guy. But look look what he has done in the NFL, and he went second overall. He's had two good seasons and he's been pretty banged up. These are the same idiots that are saying the Eagles are gonna go draft a running back at number four. So my thing is when you listen to people talk about football, I don't know if they say it because they want clicks or they just want to see Philly lose, which I'm I'm going to quote the great Jason Kelsey here. We're from Philly and nobody likes us and we don't care because we know Jalen Hurts is the MVP. We knew back in 2017 that Carson Wentz should have won the MVP, but he got hurt in what, the last two or three games of the season and still had better numbers than what Tom Brady did. So that's fine. You can slander the Eagles all you want. But just remember at the end of the day, don't just listen to what these people have to say. Actually think about what they're saying. Because half the time it doesn't make sense and half the time their predictions aren't even close. And I get it. Not everybody is perfect. 100% that's going to go out there and say, "Hey, like this year before the season starts, you know, I think that the Vikings are going to go 10 and 3 and they're going to make a Super Bowl run." Well, Okay, that nobody really says that. I'm not talking about those stone-cold predictions. I'm talking about being an intelligent human being that says, hey, you know what? The Eagles have a great GM. They're not going to sit here and waste their number four overall pick that could be a, a cornerstone player for the next 15 years on defense because they're going to take a running back. So just like with this same thing where they're saying, if you put Gardner Minshew in the Eagles offense, they'd still be really damn good. So let's ask the same question. What, what about the backups on the other teams? What about the backup for Cincinnati? Could, could you put him in there? Would he still be really damn good? Same thing with the Bills. Same thing with Kansas City because they still have weapons. And listen, I understand. And I'm, I'm going to come clean here and I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes, with what he has right now, um, Juju and Kelsey, and that's pretty much it, he's doing a fantastic job. A fantastic job, and he is the best quarterback in the league. But he is not the most valuable to his team this year because the Eagles are a cut above everybody else in the NFC right now. And if you had any other quarterback, like Gardner Minshew or whoever their other backups are, they would not be in first place. Jalen Hurts is the reason. He is that leader that everybody follows. He keeps that locker room tight and ready to go and focused. And he's doing exactly what he needs to do to win games. So I hate to go on that rant because I know I've already talked about the MVP race a couple times here, but give it some thought because I, I just, like I said, I don't know. Do they hate Philadelphia? Do they hate e- the Eagles? Like, I just don't understand. You look at this quarterback here and he has how many touchdowns to how many interceptions and how many wins. What What is there not to say that he's the MVP? And you want me to be honest? The MVP is basically a quarterback ward. That's basically what it is. Quarterbacks win it almost every single year. Do you want to know who the true number two is in the league for MVP? Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Why? Because if the Vikings didn't have Justin Jefferson, who has 1,500 yards with four games left, and that might break the record that Calvin Johnson has, are the vikings 10 and 3? No, they are probably 4 and what, 11? For whatever their record would be and you guys know what I'm saying. So that's where I'm going to end it on the MVP race. Hopefully I don't have to bring it up for a little while. I'll maybe just kind of run through it in the next podcast if need be. But that that's the kind of stuff that irritates me, especially when you have like Micah Parsons saying, Well, is it the team or is it, is it Jalen Hurts? It's a team sport. Are are you gonna penalize a quarterback who's playing out of his mind, who's doing exactly what he needs to do, that only has one addition on that offense in the offseason to help him out? And you're gonna say that the whole reason he's doing well is because of AJ Brown? It's a huge reason. But you don't just take those steps as a passer, as a rusher, as a game manager overnight by getting a wide receiver. It helps, but that's not it. So, like I said, um, just think about it when these people say stuff. Because half the time, they say the stupidest stuff. And I don't know if it's for likes or for people to recognize what they're saying. But at the end of the day, it's like... You have a guy in front of you. Why are you going to question what he's doing? Okay, if if you look at Kansas City, Cincinnati and Philly's schedule, Philly's is probably the easiest out of the 3, but they've still had to face good teams. I mean, and when it, when we get down to it, everyone can say, "Oh, the AFC is is way harder than the NFC." I think they're I think some of the top teams are better than um what the uh, three four and five seeds have in the nfc absolutely but at the end of the day there's one team from each conference and they're the two best teams in the league and you're gonna see who can win it so don't discount the eagles because they've had a weaker schedule than what the afc has that's not on the eagles what they're doing is they're showing you they're consistent and they can win games so when they go out and they blow these teams out by 20 and 30 points when they face a good team, it's going to be a close game. So, all right, I'm going to leave that topic go, and we're going to move on to the next here. All right, so next up, um Steelers fans who are listening to this, don't know how many of you there are. Uh Geist, I know you're listening to this, buddy. So Deontay Johnson came out recently. I think it was within the last day, and he said that, He believes that Mason Rudolph should be the starter while Kenny Pickett's out. And they didn't get into too much detail other than that. But I definitely want to hear what you guys think. So drop it in the Instagram comments and, um, you know, keep circulating around there. See, I I just want you guys to respond so we can kind of talk and see what everybody else is thinking. But um, after hearing, so my buddy at Flag Football, his name's Zach, he's a... A pretty big Steelers fan he was telling me that Trubisky basically blew the game for them which I'm not going to sit here and watch the Steelers game because they suck and so for hearing that from him hearing that from my other buddy and then now seeing this from uh, Deontay Johnson I just have to feel like Mitch Trubisky is pretty much done as a starter in the NFL unless something would happen I mean, when you have a Steelers team and they're calling for you not to be the backup quarterback um, or this the person who would start in, as the backup because Kenny Pickett is out, that's just horrible. Um, and it's weird because, you know, Mitch Trubisky took a Lions team who wasn't great to the playoffs. So I just have to wonder, I mean... Is it is it the system failing him here? Is it kind of like a a Baker Mayfield type deal where you did all right with the the Browns, then you went to crappy Carolina, and now you go to the Rams, and I mean you're doing all right. And if you had way better, you know, if you had Cooper Cup back and Allen Robinson, and excuse me, some of those other guys, you would be in a lot better shape. So, um, personally, I don't think it's all on Mitch Trubisky. I think that. There's a lot more issues in Pittsburgh than you know people want to let on, and they're just using the quarterback as the um, the problem, which a lot of teams and, and people do, kind of like in Houston. So if you guys are Steelers fans or follow the Steelers closer than I do, which I don't really follow them at all, let me know what you're thinking. Because, um, I mean, you paid Mitch Trubisky how much money to come in and be the starter and now they're not even now your wide receiver who's probably your number one is saying, Hey, you know, we we want the third stringer to be the backup or the starter this week. So kind of crazy, but yeah, let me know what you guys are thinking if you're Steelers fans. Uh definitely something I want to monitor um for the rest of the season here. All right, so real quick, I just want to talk about Odell Beckham. Um recently uh, there was a report that came out that said a lot of teams are feeling like he's going to wait until next season to try and come back and be the prize of the 2023 free agent class. Um, listen, he's kind of reminding me of Des Bryant right now, um, except he's a little bit younger than Dez was when Des was like, hey, like I want big money. I want to be the number one, but he was older and um, with Odell, he's coming off an injury he you know he's had a couple good years but not too too recent if you want to count the rams that's fine but remember you had a number 1 receiver ahead of him that was you know eating up all the the number 1 cornerbacks so um for odell to say hey i'm going to be the prize of the 2023 free agent class dude you better rethink what teams are going to pay you because they're not going to come out here and offer you a four year contract with huge money because realistically you only have two high profile years left. I mean look at what some of these older receivers are doing that are right around that age. So um I I don't like to talk about it too much because I think Odell Beckham is just a cancer in the locker room for, for most teams. And I think he just does it to, you know, stir up drama. But you know, unless a team actually like really needed him and their GM was on the hot seat and needed to actually get a wide receiver to save his job, or they knew that they were one piece away that Odell could, you know, help propel them to a Super Bowl within the next year or two, I think all these teams should stay away from him. Um, I mean, think about it if he went to the Giants, and Daniel Jones was still the quarterback, and Daniel Jones was having a rough time because – They're not going to share up that offensive line in one season. They're not going to share up all the other wide receiver help. So, or all the other receivers that they need. So Odell Beckham, let's just say you're four games into the season and you're two and two or one and three, and you only have a hundred some yards on the season. Well, he's going to let people know, and he's going to go to the media and make it known because he's a drama queen. So, you know, do you really want a guy that's going to tear apart your locker room and, You know, even if it means that your team doesn't achieve as much as they should, um, I would much rather have that than, you know, a guy like him come into the locker room and just mess up a bunch of chemistry that you're trying to build. So let me know what you guys think about him. Um, I mean, like I said, I think he's just doing it for publicity at this point. But, um, you know, I, I highly doubt it, but... Um, I'm going to say there's like a 99% chance he's not coming to the Eagles, so I don't really have to worry about it. So whoever's team he goes to, good luck. I mean, the guy is just full of drama, and I can't stand him. All right, so next up um, is going to be a topic that is not football. So I saw on Instagram that uh, there was this ride that um, slings you up in the air and brings you back down like the ones at the boardwalk where you're in that circular cage and what happened was is the cable on the one side snapped and it flung the people in the air and they hit the the pole coming down but luckily um everyone in that incident was okay and there i've seen a lot of other videos online like there was one where this amusement ride was rocking back and forth and people had to jump on it to make sure that it stayed flat on the ground um, there was also another one where this kid was clearly too big to be on the ride and his seatbelt wasn't working correctly and it was one of the ones where it takes you up in the air, it stops you for a second and free falls you back down and he fell off the ride and ended up dying and I think that's just kind of a reflection of you know how our society is becoming where you know we don't really care about consequences and doing things the right way anymore so you know, when you guys go to ride some of these rides, I know that it's like one in a billion chance that something like that's going to happen. But at the end of the day, like, that's just scary to know that, you know, some of these people don't take their job seriously. And I don't care what job you have. Like, it doesn't matter where you're working and what you're doing. Like, make sure that you're not the worst worker there. Like, you actually know what's going on because there's other people's lives and just what they do at stake because you're the one that's in control of different things. So I'm not saying, like, the cable snapping is on the employees, but I'm saying that the people that own it that should have had it inspected um, routinely because it's something that could be highly, highly dangerous. And like I said, luckily, um everyone got out of there okay. Just, you know, that's on them. So, you know, when you guys go to work and do whatever, like doesn't matter if you work at mcdonald's or you work at apple like do the best work you can possibly do and actually care about what you're doing because you're there to make money and that's the end of it you're there to make ends meet and do what you need to do all right so now that we're on the subject of jobs it is there is no question that in today's workplace especially like you know walmart's and um Targets and and, uh, McDonald's and Burger King and some of those other um, high-profile places that there is a big worker shortage. I mean, there is a huge worker shortage right now. So the other day, it was Friday of last week. It is now Thursday, almost Friday. I went in to get my tires changed at Walmart in the automotive center. First off, customer service there was horrible. I mean, there was a lady that waited an hour and a half after her car was already done just to get him to ring her out, which took 30 seconds at most. So she could pay and get her keys and leave. And I had to wait about 45. So that's just what I'm saying about people not caring about their jobs or like not wanting to do the right thing. But that's not the whole point of what I'm getting to. So I was there and there was this manager that was walking around and I was looking to buy my fishing license because I wanted to get a new one. Um, I usually get it at one of the fishing shops down the street, but um, I was just at Walmart. I was like, okay, I'll buy it. Well, there was no one working the fishing and the sports department. So she was walking by and she asked me if I needed help. And we started chit-chatting a little bit. And I said, listen, I said, or she said, yeah, we're like really, really low staffed right now. And there's not much we can do, which I don't know if I believe because I was waiting in line a couple of days before that. And it was probably about eight o'clock at night. And there were three people just huddled around a register just talking. And I'm like, okay, that's three more registers you could open. So we don't have to wait 30 minutes to check out. But nonetheless, I said, hey, like I said, "Um, what openings do you have in like the fishing and sports department? Because, I mean, to have a part-time just job um, for a little bit over break and then um, throughout the beginning couple months... I was just like, that'll be really cool. And she's like, yeah, she's like, listen, and keep in mind, this was last Friday. She's like, if you submit your application today, she said, we'll get back to you tomorrow. I said, perfect. I said, that'll be awesome because I'd like to get some hours in over break, have something on like a Friday, Saturday during school time. Um, Not that I really, really need it, but just to make some extra money. And it is now Thursday and I've heard nothing back. So I called in yesterday, and I, which is Wednesday, and I said, hey, I said, you know, I talked to the manager and she said she would get back to me right away. Like, you guys are really low staff, blah, blah, blah. She goes, oh, well, let me try and find a manager. I was on the phone for 30 minutes on hold. She said, yeah, we don't have a manager here right now. I said, okay, hold on. First thing is, you don't have a manager. Second off, she was ready to hang up the phone and I said, do you want my name or anything? Because I said, listen... I'm not going to chase you guys down for a job. I said, I know you guys are struggling in here and this will be mutual, a mutual benefit. I'll work in a department that I would actually like to work in. And you guys have an extra employee around Christmas time. And she's like, oh, well, you can just call in tomorrow. She's like, "I, I don't know who I would give it to or anything. And I just, at that point, I was like, what is wrong with you people? Like, you literally have no employees and you know you need a ton more, and you told me, hey, I'm going to get back to you right away, and you don't, I just, I don't understand what's going on with these big companies, I mean, like, the people that work there, don't say that you're going to get back to me the next day, because now, I call in, I asked, and I said, hey, what, you know, who can I talk to? Because I talked to this lady and I just want to talk to someone and see if you can accelerate this process, which is already longer than what you said it was going to be. So that's just one of my biggest complaints right now is that, you know, there's people and companies out there that are complaining that they have no work and they have no help and there's not much they can do. But yet there's people that are motivated like myself to get out there and start working and they're not going to call back after they were like, "Yeah, we're going to call you the next day." So, when those people say that they don't have the workforce, don't listen to them because half the time people are applying and they'll turn them away for the dumbest reasons. So, um, you know, Burger King and Walmart and McDonald's and some of those other places, get off your high horses if you have people that want to work, let them work, and if they don't work out and they're bad, you can easily just tell them, "Hey, like this didn't work out." So, there's my big rant. Alright, so for all you video gamers there, specifically PlayStation, um, we actually just got news that, um, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 is going to be coming out in late 2023, so it's, I think, 2018 or 2019 is when the last one came out, and then in between there, there was a Miles Morales game, so it's been a little while, um, hopefully this game is gonna be awesome, um, After the first one, I can't expect that um, it'll be anything less than awesome if it's, you know, pretty much the same thing and they had some features on it. So, for those of you that are into video games and stuff, um, they just released that and they said that they will have trailers and different things coming out soon. Also, uh, we just got a trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Let me tell you, that trailer looked awesome. It didn't reveal too much. Um... It So they have, uh, obviously, Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Gwen, and the old fat Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, that are in the trailer. But then you have a lot of other characters. Um, you have Spider-Man 2099, which he looks badass. And they're making him out to look like a villain. But I don't know if that's just, like, the trailer trying to... Um, confuse us or like mislead us before the movie comes out but they also have a lot of other references in the trailer so I would definitely go take a look um, some of those references are the Spider-Man from the Spider-Man PS4 game and PS5 game is in the trailer Superior Spider-Man um, Spider-Cop there's a, um, a Spider-Man with Bombastic Spider-Man where he has a bag over his head Um, and there's a couple other ones that are just really really cool that are in the trailer so I would definitely go on YouTube and watch a breakdown video and see which other ones they've pulled out since then but um, this is a two-part movie which the first part's obviously going to come out next year and then whenever the other one comes out but it looks like it's going to be like a multiverse um, spider-verse type movie so let me know what you guys think about that I'm pretty damn excited for it I mean anything Spider-Man like Give me it as long as it's not like morbius or something crappy like that i'll watch it and we also just got a mini trailer for the scream movie that will be coming out um so it has jenna ortega which is the star of wednesday who's going to be in the movie but it's actually really really cool because the trailer is basically like um kind of like around the halloween time so i, I think it's actually halloween night And it's just kind of like, because it's based in New York, where they're like, no one can hear you scream. Like, that's the reoccurring theme that they keep bringing up. So it's definitely going to be really cool because it's not one of those where, like, you know, you're kind of on your own, and screams out to get you. Like, you're in the middle of a city where I think some of those things that happen, and especially during Halloween when the masks are on, can kind of, um, you know, not be picked up as easily as like far as like people realizing what's going on so if any of you have watched the Batman that just came out recently um it's kind of like that at the beginning like there's so much crime going on through the city and people can't tell like what's going on because it's New York and um, there's just so many people I think that's kind of the same premise for this except it's just like you know maybe there's more than one scream and you just can't like the ghost face killer or whatever and you just can't tell who it is so if you haven't seen the trailer yet definitely go give it a look It it is pretty eerie um definitely a movie i'm excited for so one of the best movies i've watched this year was actually jackass forever um i believe that this is the last movie that they're gonna make with like the original cast but i thought it was just a really really good movie um the old cast did a lot more stunts than I thought they were gonna do, and the new cast was just kind of, like, the focal point of all the stupid stuff they were doing, but let me tell you, there was some stuff that they did in that movie that I don't really get, like, queasy or, um, like, really, like, stressed out when watching movies, but this one really did, like, there were, there were just some stunts where they did, like, um like a skateboard so you know those things where you in medieval times you would put your head in them and they would drop the uh the blade down and it would cut your head off yeah basically that except it was your shins and a skateboard coming down and there were just some other stuff and i'm not going to get into it to ruin it but wow it was just nuts um definitely a movie i would recommend and jackass did it right and they went out with a bang so if you haven't seen it yet I'm pretty sure it's on Paramount Plus. Uh you can either do like a seven day free trial or it's like four or five ninety nine a month. So um there's a lot of other stuff on there like Beavis and Butthead just kind of um did like a reboot. Um different movies like that. So definitely something for a month if you have some time over break. Give it a chance. So I guess while I'm talking about movies, um I'll talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I know it came out a while ago, but um, definitely something worth talking about. So Multiverse of Madness for me, um, I thought Scarlet Witch was a great villain in the movie, or like whatever you would classify her as. And I thought that a lot of the cinematography was really, really good, but the story was just like really, really weak. Um, So, America Chavez, the girl that's in the movie, I just, like, didn't really understand why they would bring her in. And it's not because I didn't really care for her character, but it was kind of like that same story arc where, like, by the end of the movie, like, she realized her powers and stuff. The whole reason I was ticked is because you saw Spider-Man No Way Home, you knew what happened at the end, which eventually I'll talk about that movie, and... It was supposed to be because of his spell, because that's what the trailer was, was making it out to be, that he had all these issues with the spell and different things with reality and the multiverse. So the fact that they just kind of duked that storyline and made it because this girl could time travel um, was not... I, I just thought it was really, really weak. I wish it would have tied into No Way Home. Um I thought it was cool to see Professor X back as um Charles or wait Patrick Stewart reprising his role and John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic and some of those other variants was cool but I expected to see more. Um I expected to see more universes and just more different issues and it just wasn't that. Like I had so much hype coming into this movie like oh we're going to see you know, a bunch of different multiverses, and I, it wasn't a big deal that I didn't get to see, like, you know, some old characters return and everything, because I think that's going to be for Secret Wars, but it was just more the fact that, like, there was only, like, two or three multiverses that they actually went through, and you didn't really get to see, like, the full potential of what the movie could be. Also, the fact that they brought back um, the pizza place and The guy who played the ring announcer, the um usher at the the theater, and the guy who is working as a waiter in all three of the Raimi Spider Man movies, which made everyone believe that we were gonna see Spider Man in some sort of scene or like reference or something, and we literally got none of it. Um, so that was just a movie for me that was a letdown i think where you go from no way home and you just have like you know you see the different people coming from different realities we were kind of expecting that except we were expecting a much darker movie like this was not a horror movie whatsoever like there were some scary parts don't get me wrong but it was not like this deep dark movie where you're like damn like doctor strange like really messed up his life it was kind of like goofy a goofy horror and the reason I say that is because Marvel like even when they try to make horror movies their way of making the movies and having the cinematography and stuff is just too light and it's too humorous and I think that they need to get away from that in certain movie aspects like Multiverse of Madness and you know, even if they do like a Blade movie, like it cannot be centered around humor. Blade is not a humorous character. So if you guys saw the movie, let me know what you think. Um for me, I mean, most Marvel movies aren't that bad. One of the worst ones I've seen was Eternals, but um this one's more like a seven five for me at the most. Probably between seven, seven, five, just because it had its moments, had a good villain, had a good like a decent storyline but there was a lot that could have been changed and i mean like i said the trailer just kind of misled us because you have him doing the spell at the end of no way home and the trailer makes it seem like oh the repercussions of this are going to be what the movie's about and it was nothing like that so while i'm on the reviews i want to go back to a review i did in one of the first podcasts um it was about the new pokemon violet game on the switch um I was really really early on in the game and it wasn't like I don't know I didn't really care for it at that point I was absolutely wrong um that game is actually fantastic for any of you that are into Pokemon and even if you're not um this is just a fantastic game to get into there's so much different stuff that you can do in the game and although the it's a little glitchy and the catch mechanics aren't exactly what I wanted it to be and there's a lot to do you gotta remember this is like a game and it's earliest stages because it's the first open like truly open world game that you're going to have and it's only going to get better over time so for anyone that was thinking about getting it and just kind of really didn't get a valid review would definitely get it Um, it'll take you at least like 45 minutes to actually like get into the best parts of the game so you can do whatever you want but it's definitely worth it I mean I've been playing it quite a bit recently because of break starting up um, too much admittedly, but, um, if you guys have it, let me know what you think. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Um, I'm going to be looking to do one probably Monday at some point, maybe Tuesday. Um, we'll go over the NFL and then get into some other things as we approach Christmas. Um, so until then, I hope everyone has a good weekend and I will talk or you will hear from me later.